Hello everyone, welcome to the 5th Quarter Podcast, brought to you by Podcast Central and Survival First Aid Kits. It might be panic stations at Carlton, but you'll have no need to panic when you open a Survival First Aid Kit. And just like Brad Scott, you can hold on to it for 10 years, even though it might not do anything. <laughs> Visit survivalfirstaidkits.net.au, use the code 5th Quarter at checkout, receive $10 off your order, send me a message, and experience the survival difference. It's episode 14, Third Time's a Charm. I'm the Winning is Winning West Coast supporter, Brent, and I'm here with the Any Score Will Do Frio supporter, Nathan. Ahoy! And the Daydreaming at the G, Essendonian, Ben. Oh, hi! Hey, hi! <laughs> well, sorry. And this is the Fifth Quarter Podcast. It was the week of sixes and sevens in the tipping this week with yours truly in first place with seven, <laughs> but also sharing that honour with Nathan, Vergona, Michael and Ashley. Raj was the uh, Carlton Footy Club of the competition this week, pulling in a measly three. Oh. Uh, it might be too late to join in the fun, but you can always tune in and see how we're going and make probably just make fun of me because I'm never going to catch up. Uh, tipping. Is that, is that your best round? I think I got an eight once. Oh, okay. Uh, tipping.fifthquarterpodcast.com. Feel free to register and see if you can catch up. Some people keep forgetting to tip, so you might, we might not come last. But let's uh, kick it off with our heroes and villains. Who wants to go first, boys? Yeah, I'll go first. I've, I've uh, got a bit of a weird hero. You guys probably have no <laughs> idea why I've chosen this. But I've gone with a three-way tie in Jeremy Howe, Tom Clury, and Robbie Tarrant. I mean, yeah. Those names don't just scream off the page to you, but the reason I want to go to them is these blokes are th- the three players this round that had more than double figures disposals with more of those being kicks and handballs and finishing the game at 100% efficiency. Yeah, right. So I wanted... I mean, it's probably not... It's, it's probably looked at a bit more now, disposal efficiency, than it ever has been. But yeah, how Clury and Tarrant had 100% efficiency with double-figure disposals and majority of kicks. So just let that sink in because half, half the players now probably just opt for the handball and keep a pretty high efficiency. But, um, yeah, I mean, considering how and Tarrant play out the back, they're critical that they hit targets. So yeah. um, they're heroes for their teams and both teams won. So and Tom Clury will... They didn't win, but <laughs> he's still up there. <laughs> Um, the other one I've got as my villain, and everyone can probably see why, and it's Dale Thomas for what happened two nights before the game against the Saints. So this was a must-win game for Carlton. They've just come off the biggest, um, I guess, internal discussion amongst the players where they kicked the coaches out last week after a horrific loss. Um, kick the coaches out, have a player, player-led meeting, and Dale decides to head out and do a Stephen May in public and grab a beer. <laughs> Um, and Three bridge. or four wines, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Four wines. Had he ended up spell, spilling a drink on a former Carlton player as well. And, and the only positive that's come of it was Dane Swan's comments where he said, if I played for Carlton, I'd be having a few at quarter time yeah. and I'll try to get suspended for the season. So that's the only positive I can <laughs> take. I was going to say, like, it seems to be that Daisy Thomas just does not care about Carlton. It's just like... I mean, he probably cared when Mickey Malthouse was still coaching him. Yeah. But since that time, he's just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just play. It's weird 
from a guy who's at the end of his career and is in a, is in a contract deal. That's usually yes. when yeah. you're doing anything you can yeah. to get another one. You extend it, yeah. So I don't know what he was thinking. And Carlton aren't in a position to... I mean, they've, they've dropped him now, so mm. he... It's funny, though, because they found out the night before, but then we're like, oh, we really need to win this game, so we'll <laughs> yeah. drop him after, after the game. Yeah. So, I don't know, It's just it just shows you that at a club like Carlton, um, they just can't catch a break. And when... I'm not saying he's a leader, but he's a, he's senior, a player. senior player at the yeah. club, goes out and does something like that, I'd be absolutely fuming with him when... It's probably a game that they looked at and thought, you know what, if we're going to bounce back, St Kilda have been sliding in form and we might be able to get them if we play like we did against Collingwood. But, I mean, they didn't. and They started pretty well and then just sort of unraveled from mm-hmm. there. And, I mean, they are playing Essendon this week who are sliding just as hard. So, you mm-hmm. know, they can, yeah, they can so it. I guess the only positive for them is someone else is coming in and hopefully that person takes their chance in the absence of Dale Thomas. But that's all I can say on it. But Dane Swan was great for these commentary. <laughs> Another hero for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my hero this week, uh, because Nathan probably wasn't going to take it, um, was <laughs> Luke Ryan uh, for Freo. Um, almost single-handedly won in the game um, with his positioning and intercept marking. Um had 19 kicks at 81% efficiency. Um, so not quite the 100 that you're wanting there, That's Nate. pretty good, though. But pretty so he's had more than 20 touches, though. Exactly. Pretty decent for a... For All a, pretty much on left half-back flank. Yeah. <laughs> well, 13 handballs as well. So he had 32 disposals Jeez. as a defender, which is outstanding. Um... And had 438 metres gained as well. And that's just for... You know this for that like past game for the season he's averaging like twenty three disposals eighty four percent disposal mm-hmm. efficiency all in the back half all in the almost all in the defensive fifty as well um, five five rebound fifties a game um, he's actually averaging an inside fifty a game as well um, he's he's actually like, yeah he's, I think he's second or third for. Total intercept marks for the season, I think. I know Alex Keith is like the surprise. Yeah, yeah. Later in the comp, but yeah, I know he's pretty well up there for intercept marks. Yeah, and so McGovern's been punching he, him more than he's been grabbing him. And obviously, he was instrumental for the whole game. Um, but that final play where you see when he, well, probably thanks to Alex Pierce, as you were saying earlier, Brent. But um, the position he gets himself into as mm. the extra man on on the half forward. Um, for Freo and, and there's no one around him for yeah. 20 metres yeah. gets the ball dishes it off and they hit Walters lace out because yep. he was a loose man out there on the on the right forward flank so yep. um, that just tops off I guess what was a fantastic game for yeah. him and, and an amazing season so far yeah I forgot to add that he he does yeah with, with intercept he his intercept possessions as it's known on the AFL app he's doing like 9.6 so close to 10 intercept possessions a game <laughs> A game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That tells you all you really need to know. Um, my villain this week, for the second time in a row, um, not the medical staff this time, but it's an actual lesson in player, uh, is Anthony McDonald, Tipper Woody, or Walla, <clears throat> because he was, he was daydreaming for, for the entire game. Um, you have a look at his stats, and he had six disposals. Yeah, so this is a guy... I'm going to interrupt Ben's rant. 
Go, because I will go for like a good 20 minutes. <laughs> so this is a guy who's... A lot's been made of... He's scored goals in all of their wins and all of their losses. He hasn't scored a goal. He scored zero goals, one. Yeah. Total in, in the all of their losses. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, so it's sort of... Is he the key or is he a downhill skier? Is it... Is he playing the same position every week? Yep. Pressure small, pressure forward. So pressure he's, forward. He's, he's he'll he'll he'll, th- he'll have like you know he's not maybe really, he'll spend he'll, a few minutes in the midfield. Naturally, just, just drift up the ground. I think. I was yeah. wondering if when they were on the back foot, if they were throwing him further, further down the ground. But if they if they're keeping him forward, then that's not great. No, it's <laughs> terrifying. Um, but like. Wishard wants to say, oh, you know, it's it's the whole team, you know, it's not, you know, it's not just blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, I get that. But he basically is your benchmark. Mm. Like, when the team's going well, like, I called it when I was watching the Essendon Frio game. As soon as Waller kicked a goal, I'm like, well, there you go, Essendon have won. <laughs> yeah. And what happened? Yeah. Um, well, at least but, you know, like, if he gets a goal early, you're like, sick, I'm in for a good day. Yeah, right, exactly. Basically, if he kicks a goal in the first quarter and you guys are rank outsiders, you could put the house on him. You could. You <laughs> could. Win some good money. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gamble responsibly. <laughs> but no, he just... Yeah, don't put your actual house on him. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Lego house on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he... For all the hype that that surrounds surrounded him, like, in his first season or two... He just needs. He does need to go that little bit beyond oh. and go and actually start competing in the games where he needs to compete. I always felt that he came in at the level. It already was at the level that he was going to be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've seen he hasn't really gotten any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, he's better in their wins than he is in their losses. But is that Essendon? Obviously, Essendon as a team are worse when they lose. But is that just because structures falling apart? They can't get the ball to him, or is he just not putting in as much effort? when it's not going his way. I reckon it might be a bit of both. Like, when it isn't going his way, then he ten- he might, you know... Just throw in the towel. Throw in the towel a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, but, it, having said that, when... So do us. If they, if they... Yeah, if they... If, if other players are going to see Waller do that, who is apparently a, a really hard gut runner, yeah. they see him do that, then you... Yeah. You know, then obviously other players are just going to sort of follow suit. They may not mean yeah. to, but they just... they subconsciously going to do so which is why I think he he has said it as well in the past that he really thrives on Fantasia or Fantasia um, being in the Fantasia sure <laughs> um, Fantas Fantas IA um, he he, uh, he really relishes him being in the team and playing because he's able to feed off like they, those two have a lot of chemistry. He's able to feed off of him, off of Fantasia, and you know, how he plays and everything like that. And they do a very good um, uh, double team work. I'm, I'm but with it's just that. when Waller is like the the man, the man, the small forward, he tends to sort of not do as well. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Um, I know he gets a lot of, uh, I guess, what's it called. Um, the focus is on him a lot um, every game I'll be interested to see if there's any other players that are in the same boat that are putting in goals when they win and not I think it's probably just more evident with 
him, especially because he was kicking like four goals and stuff in some games. Seven against Brisbane. Yeah, seven. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see if there's others who are maybe contributing two or three who haven't actually really done much in their losses. There might not be, but I know he gets a lot of, I mean, attention. Well, the game before Joe Danaher had a stat season and the injury, he kicked zero goals four. Yeah. Um, Which I, I guess I can allow knowing that he can't really kick anyway and he yeah, was, coming, goals for was, he was pretty good. He was coming off an injury, so yeah. I, I I probably wouldn't judge him too harshly coming back from that. Funnily enough, Kyle Langford kicked three. Yeah, and was the against Richmond. Yeah, and was the leading goal scorer. Yeah, but Richmond probably so felt like figure oh, that out. who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. We'll just let this guy whatever. Yeah, this, they put no attention in him. Yeah. Um, Stringer kicked zero goals too, but then he ended up getting injured. Okay. Uh, pulled his hand yeah, no, it'd just be interesting to see if, if Tipper's getting kind of unfair attention because he's been so outstanding in their wins. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, if... It, to be fair, that forward line itself hasn't really had a decent structure for a majority of the season yeah. because you've had, you had Sean McKernan at the start, then Joe Danaher came in, he went out. Mitch Brown was there at the start as well, but he's been injured and hasn't been mm-hmm. back in for a number of weeks. Fantasia's been out. Stringer's now out. Um, uh, it was a Bagley. Isn't really much of a goal kicker. He was the, yeah. you know, he was he was a, a more of a shut down forward, um, like pressure forward, who would kick maybe a goal or two. Yeah, yeah. You can't expect big numbers. No, um, but he's been omitted. Like, yeah. So it really is like the, the 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 one guy left, who's sort of been there consistently is Waller. Yeah. But you think if you're going to be there consistently, oh, you, would, you perform consistently, out. yeah, yeah, and wanting to be the man, yeah. yeah. Well, that brings me to my my hero. Um, so nothing that he's done on the field because he hasn't played. But my hero this week is um, Paddy McCartan. So I don't know if you guys listened to his interview yeah. that he did. I didn't listen, but I did read the article. Yeah, about his um, basically his life with concussion and it's it's different yeah I guess he's my hero just because that's a word for it yeah yeah being able to just come out and talk about it openly and really open hopefully open the eyes of a lot of people about how serious concussion can be so sort of in a snapshot for anyone who hasn't listened it's basically like he struggles to do everyday tasks like he can't he can't go to the shopping centre with his missus because there's too many people Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And he's, you know, he says he's feeling like a shell of his former self and sort of like, you read that or you listen to it and it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not Patty, so I can't really say, but it seems like it would be probably the perfect sign that maybe that's it. Yeah. He, but having said that, that is why I read the article because he does say um, that he hasn't really contemplated Retirement, yeah, I know. Because uh, his teammate and um, someone who's had concussions as well in the past, Kobe Stevens, said this is, now is not the time to start thinking about it. Kobe Stevens, who had two concussions, not eight. Yeah, hmm. uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm two concussions in like seven years. Now. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he shouldn't, but I'm saying is that this is like this is where his mindset. Yeah, is. I was thinking, you know, it's like maybe the routine of going to training and. Maybe there's no, you know, there's no expectation that he's going to play anytime soon. But yeah. having the routine of something that he knows he can do, yeah, oh yeah, it's probably beneficial for him. But sort of, you know, it's obviously up to him. But I know what I would do in that 
It might be a case. I think of, I'd know what I'd do in that oh, situation. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. It, it might be a case of using that to like using that sort of tra- like training. Um, not like you know, hardcore training, but just you know your day to day. Yeah, it's thing. just like rocking up to training, hanging out with exactly mates and things that are familiar. Doing doing that until you know you are much much better, mm. and then when and then when you are, then you can make a more informed decision as to go. Okay, do I take that next step or do I have to hang it up? Cause, and you know, because to, to do it now would mean that yeah, you would lose a lot of that sort of day to day cycle. So you, you chances are you might end up getting you might get worse. worse. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was really eye opening and shows that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than you hear about. Like it's not like he just goes out, plays, gets knocked out, and then yeah. wraps himself in cotton wool for eight weeks. It's yeah, like he's actually genuinely struggling with yeah. It's pretty Living. scary. It's yeah, pretty yeah. scary that he can't even do basic tasks. Yeah. So I guess yeah. footy's probably the last thing on his mind at the moment if you can't even get to the shops. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I know. I know. I was watching a discussion. I think it was on the couch where they spoke about Kobe Stevens and the medicinal medicinal marijuana and how Patty obviously can't go do to that yet because yeah. <laughs> no. he'd, he'd be in breach of the AFL. And yeah. <laughs> thanks, government. And, and um, so he can't actually go down that path at all for the government and, and for the league as well so the league thanks AFL <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I guess yeah obviously there's a lot he's thinking about now but it was good to see it was good to get kind of an update yeah see what's yeah, going on for sure because we've been speculating it for oh, ages yeah. so yeah. far well we were calling well not calling for it but we were basically sort of saying you know you should probably retire when we started this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah we so. saw Liam Pickens struggled with it all year last year and then yeah, was trying to get up this year and just said, no, I can't do it. Yeah. Age age difference is significant. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Different yeah. points in their career and Liam Pickin has achieved what you want to achieve as a footballer. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, Paddy McCartan's 23, so even if it does take him... He hasn't him, even had a shot yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if it does take him even a couple of years to finally go, okay, no, I, I'm in a position to play now again. Yeah. He's then he's only still only twenty five, so he can still hit his peak. Yeah, yeah. and Saint Kurt will probably be, might have a premiership window by then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe, maybe a finals <laughs> window anyway. Uh, so my villain this week was um, I feel like I'm just shitting all over Carlton the last like two weeks, three weeks. Well, it can't be any worse than what Carlton <laughs> are doing to themselves. Yeah, yeah, no, no more than Carlton are shitting over themselves. <laughs> um, Think you need a new pair of pants, boys. Yeah. So my villain is uh, Mitch McGovern. Um, so he was terrible on the weekend Mm -hmm. so I have a question for you guys was he did he overvalue himself or did Carlton overvalue him yes (laughs) yeah I think yes to both Um, because he was he would have been loving it as the fourth key forward at Adelaide fourth forward at Adelaide yeah Yeah. I I mean anyone could do that job Really, I mean, he he was yeah. great, and, I don't, and teams I don't, don't play four key defenders; they play two, three yeah. max. So at best, he was playing on a mediums. It was always mm-hmm. generally yeah. out. He was bigger than his opponent, whereas he's come to Carlton with, "I want more money. Oh, I want success. So I'm going to go to the worst team in the league. Success <laughs> obviously means money. Yeah, um, which is fine, but the, given the amount of money he's on, I think he would be probably one of the highest paid players at the club. Yeah, probably. And he's there to sort of be, I guess not the man, because they've got the future and Mackay and Kerno who are probably better than him anyway. But he's there to be that 
not so much an experienced head, but like a mature yeah. body who's experienced success, relative success. Get yeah. the get the the young forwards to grow. Yeah, and he's shared it, and he's yeah. shared a forward so line. A with, mature body that's won games is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. One more than they've lost. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I think I saw some things. It's not really relevant, but Charlie can. Um, Grind Myers has won the same amount of games as Charlie Kerno. Yeah, and obviously Mitch McGovern has shared a forward line with oh. experienced forwards as well, so he knows Poor how it works. Poor Kerno. And just watching them on the weekend, they had Casbolt down back, McGovern up forward, Carlton are kicking down the line. Mm. McGovern's nowhere to be seen trying to impact contests. Mm-hmm. And then you see him... You see, sometimes he's actively running away from the ball. Like, he doesn't want the ball. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, I get everyone has bad days, and most forwards at Carlton would have a bad day, but... So, like we said, I think Nathan had Charlie Curnow as his villain in round one or two. Yeah, round yeah. one or two, but it was basically like, yeah, it's if it's one. not going your way, all that's expected of you is, you know, if you're kicking down the line, just jump into a bunch of people and make a contest. So, he yeah. just wasn't even seen. Yeah. And um, I listened to a, a bunch of the game on the radio and Wayne Carey made the call, just put swap their positions and put Casbold up for because at least he'll contest. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. At least he'll contest the mark and then McGovern is, you know, out of the way. And he made a good point of, I think it was David Parkin actually, said Don Pike should be like, look, man, we've brought you here. Uh, not Don, Brendan Bolton. We've brought you here. We're paying you big money. We expect certain things. And if you don't want to do it, he's dropped Josh Jenkins. Yeah, Bryce Gibbs like he's not scared to drop people yeah and I'm thinking of the wrong team doesn't matter <laughs> well either way either, Brendan yeah. Bolton's dropped Dale Thomas but yeah Brendan <laughs> Bolton's yeah, dropped, dropped Dale Thomas <laughs> but I think no I think you can't you, get you kinda, out of my head it kind of stands to reason like Don Pike was willing to drop the place he, to yeah. send a message so um, Bolton should be willing to do the, the same. same I think yeah so Brendan Bolton needs to stop playing so nice yeah and especially because we saw one of their goals it was Stocker Paddy Dow Walsh Kerno all were the the four main keys of the the chain that led to a goal and that's the future of the club Mitch yeah. McGovern even if he's there in five six years he's not going to be the man up forward it's going to be you'd think it would be Kerno and Mackay and McGovern would be doing what he was doing at Adelaide yeah so there's, it's not like they need him in the team, especially if he's yeah shit. Yeah, yeah, he's he, yeah he's one player that's gone down significantly in value. Yeah, yeah. And if he ever wants to get, I mean, if he ever wants to get back to Perth and play either with his brother or at Freo, good luck. Probably him, won't be in West Coast. Sl- slim pickings to get him. Nah. Yeah, he's, he's I I mean, he's currently. What one of the worst forwards in the worst team? Yeah, it's definitely not the best good, forward in the worst team. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, good luck. <laughs> good luck getting a, a decent trade to any other club yeah, or, exactly, or any trade exactly. to any club at the moment. So he's essentially there's that team's essentially got you'd say four key forwards in Casbolt, McGovern, Keno, and Mackay. Yeah, they've already thrown Casbolt down back because there's no room for him. Mm-hmm. And you just persist. You just have to persist with Kerno and Mackay because key forwards take forever, mm-hmm. unless yeah, they're yep. Tom Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just take forever. So, but McGovern's twenty. He's still young, but he's not. 
that young. He's played enough games, and he's oh, you yeah, know yeah. he's won games like we said, and he's, he's, he's shared played, a forward line with experienced players. He's played enough games to know better. Yeah, and unlike yeah. Ken or Mackay, the, the whole team is young, and mm. yeah, so you just expect more from a player that came in saying, "I want this," you know, over oh, half a million dollars. Money, yeah. 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 On a good note with your villains, your villains are playing each other this week. Yeah. So one of them hopefully will, will improve. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully uh, I remember which uh, which team Mitch McGovern plays for. Doesn't play for Adelaide anymore. Anyway. What a what a Carlton small what a Carlton small <laughs> defenders wishes. like. Are they are they any good? Because oh, if they, they had have... anyone on the park, you'd I think you'd be fine. Don't they just um? Don't Liam Jones just do everything? Yeah. I mean, if they could clone the guy. What Lockie Plowman? Yeah, Lockie Plowman. I was going to say, it's it's, it's all, it comes down to Carlton small defenders. If if they allow Waller to kick a goal, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've seen Carlton are pretty good at restricting teams from scoring. It's gone the other way that they've always struggled with. Mm-hmm. That's fine because that that I mean, if if the Essendon Frio game was anything to <laughs> yeah, go by, we can manage that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> cool. Well, that's uh, I bring series and villains to a close. So I guess we'll move on to our captivating captivating questions I sort of chucked our word from our sponsor in right at the start so no one could skip past it this time (laughs) I like it yeah so doing the sneak as you guys would have heard last week we I sort of set the challenge to redraft the 2009 draft but I thought we'd table that to the end in case you guys had some smaller questions yeah that's fine we've got time for I've got one of my own but I'll open the floor first to you guys alright first up I just want to know what your thoughts were um Yay or nay, mid-season draft and how it went. Uh, pointless and didn't care. Yeah, I was. I, I, I funnily enough was following it, and then for some reason I got relatively surprised at the when clubs were passing, like like Hawthorne <laughs> yeah. passed in the first like in their their one pick they passed it. Adelaide passed. Mm-hmm. Sydney Bulldogs Essendon all passed their second pick. Yeah, pointless, not necessary. And when you were like. So Ben messaged us in our chat saying, oh, it shows what Hawthorne think, passing on it. And I'm just like, I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Give me a mid-season trade period. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. And far more beneficial to more every team. Yeah. Not just Carlton, who are terrible and need another player. Yeah. Yeah. Who's and, probably and not going to have an impact. Cons- anyway. Considering that who got picked number one was Josh. delisted by Fremantle, um, Josh DeLuca, and there's... Not much beyond that. I know there's a bit of talk about Marlon Pickett. 27 years old, though, coming mm. in. He's probably... The, I mean, Richmond needs someone because they're just yeah, so Yeah, you talk about a mature age recruit. But um, Richmond have done that because they've got no one else. Correct. Left. Yeah, That's yeah cool. but as far yeah. as every other team, you kind of look at it and think... Are oh. they just there plugging... I don't get the point of just plugging a hole on your list I, if you don't need to plug it. Well, Essendon would just... For, I, Essendon... Picked up a small midfielder in Will Snelling. Snelling. Yeah, Snelling. Um, and it was, yeah, I think it was basically because, well, we've got yeah, Devin Smith's out. We still need some like a, like a small, hardened midfielder. I'm just throwing in there though, and see what happens. I don't think Essendon are really lacking midfielders. It seems sometimes they've got too many. No, we, yeah, I, I they're lacking the right type yeah. of midfielder, but I don't think adding another they're they're lacking a forward structure. That's what they're like. Yeah, but they're not going to get that from one pick in a mid-season rookie draft. Which make yeah, which is why I'm like, why are you grabbing? And I'm Will more Snelling? shocked that Brady Gray, who was also delisted by Frio, mm-hmm. arguably better than Josh DeLuca, wasn't picked at all. Yeah, 
I think time's going to tell. And if half of these players don't even play for the clubs they've been picked up by, yeah, then and then get um, particularly in this delisted at the end of the year, year anyway. Yeah, if they don't play in the next ten, what twelve weeks. What was the point? point. Even exactly. if they don't play in the next month, what's the point? Because you've got yeah. them for an immediate need. Otherwise, yeah. you would have picked them before. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at I look at Frios, and they've brought in a like for like for Tabernard going out, um, probably because McCarthy and Brennan Cox aren't too Struggling. reliable. So they they're probably thinking we need it just in case. Hogan goes. Desperation <laughs> hits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Some of the players I look at, and I'm like, well, you've seen them not make it this level before, so mm. what makes? Well, I don't know. Second chances, but we'll see in the next yeah, few weeks. Yeah, never saw the point of it. No. Said that at the start. I still don't see it now. No. Yeah. Um, I, so, I, don't, I, I wish I was captivating t- this week, but... I was randomly um, sort of daydreaming about Pav a bit earlier. Lover um, or Lich? Both. Um, Pav Lich. Um, no, I was just thinking back to the early days of Frio when I used, we used to get me and my uncle used to get really excited about Frio's chances with uh, Pavlich and Crowd in the forward line. Oh, how we were misguided. <laughs> but I just wanted to sort of pitch the question. Nathan might get a bit excited by it, but how how rated do you think Pavlich was by the end of his career? Rated depends. Yeah, it depends. Overrated, underrated. It depends. Quite right. Rated. It depends geographically. Yeah, I feel like he would have been underrated over East. Yeah. Do you reckon he was... I reckon he was yeah, criminally underrated over East. But does that mean he was adequately rated here? Mm. Overrated here? I think within Fremantle supporters, he was. He definitely wasn't underrated. He was probably either well-rated or maybe overrated. I reckon there would be a decent amount of West Coast supporters that didn't want to rate Pavlich as high as he did. Yeah, he's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, amongst... Um, no, he, I don't think he could ever really I think, be overrated. I think everyone in WA and even West Coast... Support, oh, I can not even begrudgingly admit when a player is amazing like Nat Fife. Because I know a few West Coast supporters who Refused say he's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most people would say that he was... I think we rated him fairly accurately to how yeah. his career was. And at the end, he hung around for... Perhaps too long on the field, but we understand that he did that because Freo had no one else in the yeah, forward exactly. line. And he was there yeah. more to help the young guys coming through more than actually. Yeah. Well, didn't he really? He played really impact games. Yeah, he played uh, much further up in the later stages of his career. Anyway, didn't he? No, he pretty much stayed up. Yeah, so well, he's, he, across his career, he played the, across the whole game. He started off yeah. half back. Yeah, right. And, um, I think he won all Australian every yeah. line. Yep. And, there you go. And he went. He went through the middle a lot, actually. Especially the I can't remember what year it was, but they got down to a point where they had twenty five fit players to choose from, and he was playing through the middle a lot. Um, and they didn't really have a forward line. So it's, it's, it's yeah, a, I remember like Pavlich over to Pavlich. Picks yeah. it to Pavlich. Pavlich marks. I remember they sort of had that dilemma where they had no one good in the midfield and they had Pav up forward. Yeah, but they midfield couldn't get it to Pav. So they put Pav in the midfield, and then but then Pav had no one to kick it to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's he's an unreal player. And yeah. had he played over East, they would have raved about him for oh, yeah. as legendary. And I think we've seen how hard it is for West Australian based players to hit three hundred. Only two of them have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that he Monday's just hit three hundred. How many did Pav play? It was three hundred and twenty or something. Wasn't yeah, it? something like that. The fact that he played that many. In Victoria, how many would he have played? Four yeah. hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Probably would have won a flag or two as well. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, that brings us to... The draft. The redraft, 2009. So, are we going to go through and all so, pick one? or uh, I think what we'll do is we'll go one by one, give our, give our ten. I was going to count down for suspense, but you guys can do it however oh, you want. Oh, we can want. count down. Yeah, we can do that. So, we sort of did the... Oh, no, I think it's pretty evident who the top three are, so I might count up. All right. Because um, you're going to know when I get to... Yeah, <laughs> I sort of did this The as... top two specifically are just... I yeah. sort of did this as a semi-trial to see how it would go, but we seemed like we all got really excited and wanted to just have a whole podcast dedicated to redrafting every draft. So yeah. we might do... Well, I was going to go up, but should we go backwards for next week, 2008 or 2010? I don't mind. Maybe you're maybe, looking forward to Maybe we'll go, we'll go 10... Then eight, then eleven. Or should we just pick a favourite? We'll all get right, pick you guys to nominate one, and then we'll do it. I think I figured we go to like we'd go down and then move back up because by the time we get to twenty, we'd have more evidence. Well, of the, exactly. Yeah. yeah the later the, players. Yeah. Okay. Or should we just nominate particular years instead of doing it in order? Yeah. So you can just, go. You guys pick, know you're keen yeah. for. I like twenty oh seven. Yeah. The year of yeah. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so if. Any of our faithful, I think, six or seven listeners out there want to are keen to have us redraft a particular year, let us know, and we'll um, we'll endeavour to do it. Hopefully, it doesn't overlap with one we're already doing, so you don't feel like you've missed out. But uh, who wants to go first? I will. Um, so, pick one in my two thousand and nine AFL redraft uh, was Dustin Martin. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, no one can see, but he had a very, very big cringe on his face when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to have a cringe, it just happened. It's just like, um, Austin, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, slightly above my pick too, um, but that mainly because um, I just see him, like, I think I see him as more of a team player. Sorry, Nathan. Um, and the fact that, you know, that 2017 season just blew well, every the best other player seen, yeah. out of the water. So, um... I um, heard someone sum it up. He won a flag, he won a brown low, he won the MVP and Basher Hooley's Norm Smith medal. That's how good he was. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um, I don't think you need to say much more. Pick one, Dustin Martin. Yeah. You wouldn't have to say much probably about the top <laughs> three. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, pick two is Nat Fife. Um, basically for the same reasons as Dustin Martin, except for the fact that um, no flags yet. Yeah, no flags yet. Um, he did win. He did win a Brownlow. Um, but he does seem to have some brain snaps every now and again as well, which w- does cost his team um, when he gets like when he gets suspended and stuff like that. Well, Dusty. Dusty, yeah, <laughs> I, but probably not as much as Nat Fife does. Um, I think Dusty did a lot more earlier in his career, and he sort of when it didn't mat- probably matter as much. Yeah, well, he did it a lot more off the field. Than he did off well, the that's field. also true. <laughs> um, pick three for me was Max Gorn, because um, I mean he is the apart from Brody Grundy, he's the Ruckman of the AFL at the moment. Um, pick four. Well, this is probably where we get a little bit. Uh, no, I'd say the, the next seven are where it's yeah, going yeah, to be. I don't think the top three is going to vary <laughs> too much. <laughs> too much. No. Um, pick four uh, is Lewis Jetta. 
Oh, really? Yes. Um, I no, I, I really rate him after watching a few wow. a few more games of his. He has a beautiful kick. Um, covers the ground really well, uh, and has won premierships in two different teams. He doesn't even have to cover the ground by foot; he just kicks it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ball travels. Like. Well, I mean, he's still technically covering the ground by foot, yeah, but yeah. he's just kicking the ball as yeah. opposed to running. He's not actually running. Yeah. yeah. Um, pick five was Jack Gunston, because um, he's like, especially a couple of years back, he was a dead eye uh, yeah, goal kicker yeah. for Hawthorne, um, and won you know three premierships. Uh, well, like you know, Hawthorne didn't have like a, a massively huge forward line, and they didn't need to. Um, and Jack Gunston was a key reason why. Uh, pick six was Daniel Menzel. Um, really? Yep. I really rate him as a given how little football he's played. I still rate him. And so, who was five? Uh, Jack Gunston. Gun- yeah, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, when because when he's on the park, he's yeah, but he's not on it. <laughs> <laughs> he's my pick six. Um, it's like so I'll take Harley Benell at one because he could have been really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't he win the Premiership, Menzel? I don't know, did he? I thought he did. I could be thinking of someone else. Anyway, um, skip over that. Pick seven. <laughs> <laughs> Too controversial. <though. laughs> yeah. Pick seven, Ben Stratton. Um, yeah, three-time premiership player with Hawthorne. Uh, gun player. Pick eight, Daniel Talia. Mm-hmm. Really good defender at Adelaide. Pick nine, Gary Rowan. Um He's had a good he, ten games. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a good few games. He was actually pre- no, he's actually pretty. He was pretty decent in Sydney as when well. When he plays against Essendon, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably why I had him to pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The games that Ben has seen the most, Gary Rowan has he's been really good. He's on average seven, seven goals a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and pick ten, I have Mitch Duncan because he is actually starting to come into his own in Geelong in that in that midfield. Super unheralded in that midfield. Yeah, exactly. Nathan, it's typing away, it's comparing notes. Yeah, so I was just changing, I just realised I'd not put someone in, so I put them 10. <laughs> Who have you got? Okay, so pick one is Fife. So Martin and Fife was a tough one. My reasoning for Fife was... Because Frio? No, because <laughs> Martin is the number one Clangers player for 2014, 16, 17 and 18. Wow. So Someone did the homework. I was... Uh, and... Yeah, I, I just feel like... Did you say 17 as well? Yeah, the year they won the flag, he was the number one Clangers player. So he, the look, greatest individual season probably any of us yeah. have seen. Yeah. Led the competition in <laughs> deliberate and unforced errors. Yes. Yeah. And he's... The, he was, sorry, sh- so it's That's first, that, that shows you how much of the ball he actually got in that year. Yeah, though. and it shows how the standard has changed. Yeah. Not necessarily dropped, but in terms of skill standard. Like yeah. yeah. The guy that can... Well, I feel like the thing about that, though, is Martin tends to get the boot, ball and just boot it. Like, he just absolutely... Yeah, when the clearance is, bangs it. So he gets yeah, a yeah. lot of metres gained, but he just absolutely launches it. Yeah. So it's and then, then establishment pressure ball, yeah. to... And I know. feel... Yeah, I feel like he's been good for three to four years, really good, but when did they get drafted? 2009, over 10 years. I've been in the comp the same amount of time, but yeah. we've been talking about Fife for longer. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably my justification. But those two, right now, you can't really split them on the, so the last... Yeah. Oh, this season is not a great Martin. So Martin's number two. Um, that was pretty much down the line. Flip a coin for those two. 
Uh, third, probably based on last year more than anything, and that's Max Gorn, which I think we'll probably yeah. do that with. Uh, number four for me is Mitch Duncan. Um, over the course of his career, a gun mid, um, and I think he's been consistent for a very long period of time. So it's kind of hard between him and the next two as to who gets my fourth spot. Fifth was Jack Gunston, probably largely due to his many premierships and massive influence in breaking my heart in 2013, <laughs> <laughs> um, where he kicked a bag on Zach Dawson, who... I mean, to be fair, Don't a bag could kick a bag against Zach Dawson. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Number six is Daniel Talia, um, gun defender for a long period of time. Uh, seven, I've gone somewhat hesitantly with Tom Scully. Um, yeah, right. I thought... That's that's like my Daniel Menzel pick, mate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's... He's played he's, slightly more football than Daniel Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Slightly. Slightly. And, he, and he can impact a game massively when he's out there and fit. When? Uh, when? Number eight is Brad Shepard. Um, yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does because of the people around him. That and makes so, me feel a lot better about my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I probably noticed it more when he went out of the finals. Was it out of the finals last year? Yeah, qualifying finals. Yeah. Last year. Um, and... Yeah, you kind of not that it massively not in the end, impact, but, but when he went out, I kind of thought, oh no, that, that was kind of what crossed my mind. So I think that it was a lot of people. It was like, oh, the, no, no, Nick Nat, but they still made finals. Yeah, yeah. and then it was no Gaff. Oh, can they win? And then it was Shepard. It's like it's surely not. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. probably in that moment, I thought, wow, this guy's more important than I've probably ever given him credit for. So that's why I've rated him up there. Number nine's Ben Cunnington. Um, not a massive watcher of North Melbourne, uh, but who I have to. Brad Scott's gone now, so we can, credit, I can watch all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> credit where credit is due. Cunnington's been a, a soldier for year and year on end, um, yeah. as one of very few midfielders for them. Yeah, that's, and that's true. Number ten is Lewis Jetta. Um, probably as you said, Ben, couple yeah. of premierships, and very nice yeah. kick of the ball. If I, had, if, if I had my time again, I probably would switch out Menzel with Cunnington. I nearly put him in there, but North. So. I was I was borderline Menzel, but yeah, had he not. Oh, well, something. you're still drafted better than the majority of recruiting. Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Good old, good old retrospect. Yeah. Uh, fire away. Love that hindsight. Okay, so one, two, and three in order. Five, Martin, gone. Yeah, probably don't need to. We've explained. Yeah, we've right? justified yeah, we've that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, pick four, I went Tom Scully. Yeah. Simply because he is injured at the moment, but he's generally been pretty injury-free. Like, he hasn't had major injuries that have kept him out for mm-hmm. long periods of time. Obviously, controversial when he went to GWS on a million dollars a year and he'd, been, he'd played 40 games or something. Yeah. But yeah. established himself pretty quick as the best two-way runner in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm. And somehow was already playing... <laughs> for Hawthorne I had Ben Cunnington at pick five I feel he's copped the North Melbourne treatment mm-hmm. just like Mason Cox gets yeah. the Collingwood treatment to be fair to Cunnington he's probably one of the like the only North Melbourne players that actually look at him and go yeah no you you do have if shin bonus spirit if he played for Collingwood he would have won three Brownlows and had yeah. Ben Brown played for Collingwood he would have Every won the Coleman in the last two years yeah so yeah. 
Yeah, those two. We guys. don't talk about Ben Cunnington because of who he plays for, I think, but he's a beast. Yeah. And he's super reliable. Number six, speaking of reliable, I've got Daniel Talia. Yeah. I thought I was going to be alone. No, no. Talia. No. Very, very, very six good. As well? I had him at seven, seven. I oh, think. Oh, so pretty because, much all, all yeah, on the money, yeah. Very, very Although good. Although you and me both had Gunston at five. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very, very good shutdown defenders. Yes. Yeah. I had Brad Shepard at seven, coincidentally went at seven. Oh, there you go. In the draw. Um, you I should got, be a West Coast. You, you, <laughs> you built your list around seven, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Brad Shepard. This is six to one and eight to ten. I'm going key position player bias, Jake Carlisle. See, the reason I didn't go Jake Carlisle was because uh, his mentality. It's very fragile. Yeah, but you went... Daniel Menzel, who's got fragile knees. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut up. <laughs> lucky, yeah. uh, lucky Alex Johnson wasn't in that draft. So, <laughs> yeah, I would have had him a pick three. <laughs> he sort of sums St Kilda's plight up at the moment. He's probably in their top three players. Definitely their best defender, and he's not playing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. And, yeah, off-field indiscretions aside is... And obviously his fitness now, he could have been one of the top key defenders in the league if he if you wouldn't already have him in that conversation I got Jack Gunston at 9 and I'm surprised no one else had Ben Stratton in the top 10 yeah Ben did I did you had Stratton in 10 pick 7 oh cool yeah. well, I got him 10 there you go similar reasons to um, Brad Shepard I guess very similar players yeah pretty he's less unheralded than Brad Shepard because he plays for a Victorian team but yeah. I think some of the things he does are less appreciated than other things he does. He can play on anyone. Yeah. And uh, it would have been rocking the mullet MVP for a while as well for a bit. Yeah, that I mean, that alone cacks him into, you know, top ten. Yeah, yeah. So, so we weren't really that different, I thought. No. I, I think between... I was the only one that didn't have Mitch Duncan, but... I w- it would have been like 11. Yeah, yeah then I didn't have Stratton. And then... I was, I'm pretty sure mine was the more, like... Probably the more outlier between the three of us, simply because I had Gary <laughs> Rowan and, yeah, and <laughs> was Lewis Jetta pick four? Yeah, yeah. And where did you have Lewis? Not on the no. Didn't even have him on. Okay. So yeah, I, just, I can just remember him in the um, like the reason I thought of it was like even forever ago when he was in that uh, qualifying final, one of the finals against mm. Collingwood, and he ran the whole length of the ground Sydney. and yeah, 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 the real grand when, final when was, sprint. Against Silverio. No, no, no. The one in that helps as well having him. It was up at the SCG or something, and he ran like and took three bounces from defensive fifty. I don't know how you can take three bounces from the defensive fifty and get to the goal square, but that's a different argument. Um, (laughs) It's all well. It's you know. It's not. It's it's not fifteen meters. It's fifteen steps. So you know. If you got long steps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, and if you kick goal, it doesn't matter. I mean, what Collingwood ran twenty six meters against uh, on the weekend. So against Sydney, so maybe they got one back. Yeah, and I think what did he kick? Forty seven goals or something when they won the flag, as a jetter. Yeah, yeah. Half forward, kinda. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I found it. He was preliminary final against Collingwood. Yeah, he tore teams apart in that one year. <laughs> I think he, like uh, every other team looked at what he was doing and went, "Ooh, we need a, a forward flanker like him." Like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. And he was sort Two, of 2012 prelim fellas. Yeah, so he, yeah, like just nothing but daylight between him and yeah. goals for like the, like 150 meters, and he's just yeah. <laughs> running. But he summed up the um, like he encapsulated that 
slingshot game yeah. plan that John Longmire brought. Oh, That's yeah. what won them the flag. Yeah. And what a lot of teams tried to emulate. Yeah. After that, but and then, then all of a sudden, just gone away and stopped everyone. I was going to say, but now that's this, it's sort of in vogue a little bit, yeah. As, as circuit breakers, you know, because you yeah, know, when bull, you need the, it, it's hard to stop when you're that fast, yeah. yeah. Well, the Bulldogs when, have JJ, you if know. you can kick, he's not a very JJ. It's weird how he's one of their best ball users, but he turns the ball over so much. JJ, I'm talking about, yeah, oh. yeah. Don't get me started on the Norm Smith, yeah, no, that was. <laughs> As for another podcast, <laughs> yeah. he was robbed of more than a career. Was Tom Boyd? Tell you. <laughs> um, so, what draft do we want to do next? Should we just skip two thousand and seven? It is juicy. Let's do seven, and then we'll get to what ten or whatever. You, yeah, whatever Ben picks a week after. Sure. So seven, seven. It is. Oh man, Cochin and Dangerfield and all that in there. Selwood. Selwood. Oh, this is. Oh no, Selwood was. 2006 because he played 2007 yes. yes he did yeah this is going to be yeah because he was in the grand final yeah. his first year yeah yeah and he couldn't even answer the question which current AFL captain won a flag in their first year yeah. and uh, it was Patrick Cripps I think was like it's Joel Selwood and he's like is that me yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember at one point well, it, shows, like, it shows you how I've won too many flags I don't even remember I was actually going to say it shows you how hard he is in every game because he can't even remember his own career <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was um, back then was when their only losses, not saying it was because of him, but and, no, their only losses came when he wasn't playing. So he'd won more grand finals and he'd lost games after yeah. a few years in yeah. the system. Yeah. That's, imagine, tell that, tell that to some Carlton players. <laughs> Poor Ross Lyon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, oh, Jesus. Cool. Uh, 2007. If anyone yeah. wants to play along, just... Um... Yeah, send through your 2007. Feel free to send through your 2009. Um, For sure. And if you're super keen to see any draft redrafted, let us know. So we sort of set an unofficial ground rule with we weren't counting promoted rookies. And just pretend the father-son rule doesn't exist so Gary Ablett doesn't go at, like, pick 100, yeah, which we went out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's it for this episode of the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Uh, we will see you in 10 minutes real time, but 12 <laughs> hours uh, recording time, I guess. Releasing time. Publishing time. Yeah, publishing time. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening once again, and stay tuned for our, our tips for next week. Hopefully, I keep, keep this train going, because equal first is still first. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you soon. Adios. Enjoy the footy, everyone.